everyone, you're listening to Schooling the Podcast. My name is Davina, and I'm very excited to introduce our next guest. She's one of my newest friends and is someone that can do a million things at once. One of her most notable achievements includes sitting as a representative of her state under Dun Bulia Sabah. She's funny and super smart, and I'm so happy to introduce you to Sharifa. Hi, Sharifa. Hello. Oh my God, I'm so flattered by all the compliments in the beginning. I'm suddenly so shy that um, I lost my words on uh, what to say in the beginning. So, uh, hi. <laughs> but they're all true though. You're so talented and you're so funny and you're so, you know, colorful in like your accomplishments and stuff. So it's it's good that we have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here as well to share. I don't know. To probably ramble nonsense for the next thirty to forty-five minutes, but you know, it's all in good spirit. Awesome, awesome. But uh, uh, I wanted to start off by asking: Are you okay? How are you? How are things? You good? I, I mean, in the most literal sense, um, I kind of just ate breakfast. So, <laughs> uh, other than that, um, lately it's been. If I'm being quite honest, lately it's been quite turbulent. There's been quite a lot of ups and downs in terms of um, how I am. Um, but that's kind of life, how it is, you know. Fantastic that you are honest with your feelings and, and stuff. I'm not to sidetrack because that was very important and very, like, you know, uh, emotional and insightful. But I just want to quickly, just a wee bit. I, I know my introduction for you earlier was very short. And it was probably it was probably something that it was probably something that didn't encompass the whole gist of who Sharifa is. So if you could tell oh us Lord. a wee, bit, <laughs> but if you could tell us a wee bit about yourself, um, that'd be good. As of now, uh, right now I'm part of the not really student union in itself, but I'm working with those who are in the student union for University of Malaya. I'm under. Um, some of their portfolios and currently in two, one for my faculty and the other one is for the university level. Um, uh, working under them uh, for a portfolio that's on diversity, culture and spirituality, I believe. Yes. Um, outside of the university itself, uh, I'm moderately active, you know, if so you will, in like forums and panels on um, advocacy in regards to social issues, um, about citizenship, about education, about um, Borneans in itself because I am one, and that's probably if 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 law students had to say, oh, I'm a law student at the very first conversation, then the equivalent for that is me being a Bornean or Sabahan specifically because I think if in this interview it's in English, but if you hear me speaking in Malay, it's pretty obvious actually that I still have that sign. Um, I'm part of some NGOs here and there. Um, recently, I think I had a graduation ceremony for an advocacy campaign raising awareness of hate speech in Malaysia among marginalized groups. Um, other than that, um, for ongoing projects, um, I'm um, managing, not really managing, but I'm part of the team of international um, students across um, the globe, pretty much, uh, that do like raise awareness again on stories 
because in my case, it would be like the LGBTQIA community. Um, and also about cultural literacy. So my team members are consisting of like Indians, Canadians and whatnot. So yeah, that's a little bit of the professional side, but on a day-to-day basis, really, I just binge watch a lot of YouTube, like a lot, an unhealthy amount of YouTube. I think at this point, I'm like a YouTube addict. What I watch, it entirely depends. If, if you were to look at like my recommendations, it would look like if, if a grandma who loves knitting, a 13-year-old YouTube, a Minecraft, Minecraft YouTuber, and like an, a 45-year-old man going through a researcher, going through a midlife crisis, all of them shared one YouTube account. That's how my recommendations look like. You'll have like a documentary about like some serious issue in Kenya, and then you'll have how to create a Minecraft boat in 1.18, and then you'll also have like issue uh, issues on mindfulness and philosophy, and then you'll also have tutorial on how to bake uh, lemon cake you know it's all over the place but that's that's the beauty of youtube you know you can just watch and consume any content so yeah that's pretty much a little bit of me that was fantastic i'm so glad that your youtube is so colorful it's just as colorful as yours so that's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) um i'm i'm interested to know a wee bit about your experiences um in regards to your advocacy because you have so much of experience in it so it's so fantastic considering that you're you know pretty young so i was wondering if there's any sort of in experience of yours that sort of stuck with you and is like something that you want to sort of share and bring up and if you're comfortable with and sort of how that relates to uh, your degree and and education yeah Mm, that's a nice question there, actually. Um, I would say there's two big turning points um, who kind of steered the direction of who I want to be today. So the, the rambling nonsense um, sheriff that you see in this podcast now. Um, one of them is not directly related to advocacy per se because it happened during my Form 5 was a few years ago actually um to tell you a bit of that story it was a program called Popo Nilam, which is um Nilam in itself is a reading program reading literacy program in high schools and um, especially throughout malaysia and um Toko Nilam in itself is basically like choosing the best ambassador of someone who reads yeah something like that it's a program for that so um, I was involved in that program for quite a while. Um, it's in a competition format where they would ask you, um, they, they would do like a very thorough interview session and you would have to write questions and conduct forums and do a lot of things within the program itself. And then you advance to greater levels and uh, national levels eventually. Uh, but I, I was involved in that. And part of the requirements of that program is to be holistic in your extracurricular involvement. And mine was more leaning towards academic and like 
orators type of things because I am as athletic as um, a couch for them. So um, that program in itself required me to do a lot of research, especially in the local context in, in Sabah and how education is because it does, obviously it's reading program, so it does touch on education. And it really did open up my eyes on the current future of education here in Malaysia. And um, to tell you the truth, the program, I was very close to being selected for nationals, but the gift of being selected to nationals was given to my friend instead, very talented lady actually, super talented. She's very much deserving of that. Um, I just qualified for things there. And the because of the amount of research that I had to do, it kind of sparked my interest to be like, okay, now I have a lot of this theory or I have a good amount, la. I wouldn't say a lot, but I had a decent amount of theory there. Um, knowing all these problems and saying that, oh, okay, in order to solve education inequality in Sabah or rural areas, you know, um, you would have to do this and do that. But will there be a point where I can test this solution out? Why is it that it seems so easy to solve it, but why hasn't it been solved for many, many years, not just in Malaysia, but everywhere else, you know? So it sparked my interest there of like, how can I test out? And um, it, it does get kind of depressing the more you read into um, the current issues that are happening within Malaysia, um, not, uh, not even mentioning about the world, but even in Malaysia itself, knowing that like the issues of poverty is happening right across your street or about um, domestic violence is happening in your neighborhood. Um, it really did spark my feeling of what if I could do more and what if I could help. Um, in my case, it was mostly on the rural or suburban areas because a lot of my research was uh, focusing on rural development and whatnot. That was for um, secondary school. But what really kick-started my advocacy work or wanting to do something more, even more actively la, um, was last year, actually. So it's pretty recent, you know, in, in regards to my advocacy journey. It was last year. Um, I was involved with this one forum event. It was in Sabah. It's organized by an NGO called Undi Sabah. Basically, it was a forum talking about um, the state of education among stateless or foreigners, what we would call foreigners, but um, a proper term is actually or stateless people in Malaysia, how they're coping among the pandemic and whatnot. And then I saw like these people are able to go out there and do campaigns and and actively talk on their own experience like oh no the other day I did a campaign which included research on this and, this. and I was like I wanted, to do, I wanted to do all that too I wanted to be able to make a change not just in theory but in practice as well because I'm privileged in that sense where I have stable internet connection and some knowledge that I believe would benefit many others, you know, 
from that event in itself, that forum, I decided to look at that Instagram page and look through like the NGOs and see like, is there any like openings here? And that it was scary because it kind of set the path of like me being involved in outside work. Previously, I've only been involved in largely one NGO before this um, turn. And that wasn't particularly in advocacy, that was in music, but that's a whole nother story. But um, it was it was definitely a scary, but you know, interesting phase there because the possibilities were endless. Like, oh, do I want to enter in like humanitarian issues or social issues or like emotional, like mental health or education and whatnot. So yeah, these two were like the kickstarters for who I am today. Among all the advocacy work that you do and a lot of the causes that you uh, advocate for, which one would you say you have, which one do you hold the closest to your heart? Of course, all of them are very close to your heart, right? But if you had to pick one that is something that you can resonate with and something that you truly believe is deep down in your in your heart that is that is something you would like fight for, what would that be? I would say it's on two of them. It's hard to truly pick one, but these two are intersectional. They, they relate to each other. They're not mutually exclusive. So in a way, you can somewhat consider them as um, one, which, uh, which are number one, um, rural development, especially for education in itself, rural education development, and giving opportunities to those uh, who who have so much talent, who are bright, who are brimming with life. I think I can just elaborate a little bit. Um, for the first one about rural education development, um, given the degree that I'm, I'm learning in, it's special, um, that would mean that I would try to bring that change in terms of um, English literacy education. But that's a that's an interesting bit about English, you know, because it's when we say that it's English literacy education, it's not just like oh, okay, teaching them how to read and write. But there's so many ways to to deliver that knowledge. You can do it in the form of conducting or developing um, their oratory skills, even presentation skills of, of drama, of of course speaking, and all of that. So it's so diverse in how you can deliver it and I think when you train students or whoever is willing in English in such a manner not just in classrooms but but also in, in competitions and programs that students runs and whatnot it can develop them in more ways than one it can develop them in their confidence and their ability to realize their own self-potential and take charge from what they want to do in life. Uh, I was always the last pick, you know? Like, oh, okay, you know, the, the backup, not even the backup, it's just like, oh, okay, the leftovers in a classroom or in a, in a presentation. Um, I've been in that place, you know, where, oh, I'd rather be without a partner than to be with me, you know, been in that position. Um, whether it's because of 
just because of um, me being East Malaysian and whatnot, that one I will never know. But if I were to apply it in a more um, grand scale, then I want to apply that in um, allowing East Malaysians to be part of decision-making for East Malaysia or for Malaysia as a whole, you know, because I wish to see more more women, more, more people who are from a certain ethnic group um, be more vocal and, and have a space in Malaysia itself. It's so amazing that you, you feel so close to your community and you feel uh, the need to advocate for a lot of people that are essentially like you that just haven't been have been discriminated in some way shape or form but also you know on a on a larger scale as well like i'm i'm so appreciative that you to some degree recognize your privilege and that you're willing to allow for people of a lesser privilege to amplify themselves on a platform that you sort of guide and assist with so that's nice i know that you're somebody that does a lot of you know, you're passionate about your community, you're passionate about a lot of the things that you do. I want to ask, what drives you? What is that, that motivation? What is that purpose? What is the thing that makes you get up and go, yeah, this is what I want to do for my community. This is what I want to do for the people around me. Oh my God. That type of question could end up me talking for three hours <laughs> because there's a lot of things that drive me <laughs> uh, from, from like the fundamentals of who I am to like my environment the mentality that I have, the experiences, there's many, many things um, that keeps me going. And I think that's the beauty of it because of just how many things I see um, that has touched me on a more personal level that gives me that resilience or strength to keep doing what I do. Now. Um, if, if, if I had to touch two, two or three of them, um, from a more internal view, from my own principles, it's um, it's largely because um, I've always had that spirit of wanting to do things on my own initiative. And again, that's something that I acknowledge my privilege in. I was fortunate enough to um, be allowed to a certain degree to do what I really want to do. Of course, this, I've been met with a lot of resistance up until this day. And there's been many um, people or groups of people that are largely unsatisfied or are disagreeing of what I do and the direction that I'm bringing myself in. And however, that drive of knowing that, oh, this is what I want to do and this is, so long as I believe this is the right path, not like particularly discriminating anyone or not um, unintentionally hurting another person um, and that's something very important for me um, I'm fine you know it's it's morally it's morally just it's all that love that that drive of wanting to do what I want to do and I'm glad another thing uh, is from a young age I wouldn't say like I had my life figured out at such a young age you know at a young age I wanted to be like a comic book artist and I wanted to be a neurosurgeon and all of that but I realized that my hands are shaky so <laughs> that doesn't work out 
but like um when when asked like okay what do you want to do or what do you see yourself doing in five years um i typically have like a list or like a bucket list of things i look forward or i want to work on like before i entered degree i wanted to be like okay um throughout my degree four years here these are the things that i want to um see myself in like number one i want to do ice skating <laughs> or number one i want to like visit another country but um if if we're talking about like self-development that would be like oh i want to be um involved in this particular club or somewhat involved in this activity and whatnot so yeah just that that drive on knowing what i want to do now um for external factors it's mostly because um, a lot of the um instances where i have been um i've had that drive to step up is because the the environment has basically said like oh if if it's not you doing it then who um that's another thing like because um growing up in a suburban community or rural community there were a lot of things i saw that could be improved not necessarily in in the in how i wanted to be improved but just improved in general no matter what direction it may be and yet there has been like a lot of instances where uh, okay la you don't have to work so hard because it's just how it is and i couldn't really stand by that i could there's something about that phase of like oh we're not going to do anything about it because it's just how it is you know it's been the way it has been so therefore you shouldn't act upon it because it's normal you know and i couldn't really stand by it so um even during high school um I went in and out of the principal's office not because of disciplinary action but because um I I appealed to like the higher ups the school management to do certain programs to um question on certain decisions like oh why is this program being um being deleted from this semester or this year you know and all that because if it's not someone or in this case if it's not me um asking it then the program will forever be buried you know whatever that um i i couldn't sit and stand by like knowing that i could have done something especially if it's something that is going to potentially change many people's lives for the better and not do it you know well put i like how it's always very much um what you feel is is right and what you feel is morally just and also that being something that ties into the fact that you know other people are not represented and there are minority groups that exist despite the fact yeah. that you know you are somebody of a minority group yourself there yeah. are still other people that you want to amplify so i feel like that is very uh it's such a noble cause it's such a noble mo- motivation and It, it's so nice and so heartwarming to hear that there are many people that 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 do this that advocate because of the fact that it's something that they want to do rather than you know just a publicity stunt or something that is just a a one time thing so i appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah. because obviously uh, when doing anything there's going to be setbacks so 
the realities of like doing or going always opting on in realistically always opting for what is right rather than what is um, on the right or something like that is that it's not necessarily the easiest route even though it is morally right but it is not the easiest there has been many instances where like even opportunities such as like scholarship opportunities you know, um the the job is trying to do um, or trying to choose a route that is morally right and fair isn't necessarily the route that's the easiest um, there's very little shortcuts um, when you attempt a route that's like that that's why it's uncommon of a route to be honest because um, it's not easy we met with a lot of resistance obviously a lot of people questioning like oh my god wouldn't it be much easier for you to do this this is you could have just gotten it you know but i couldn't sit by knowing that i took that opportunity from someone who is more deserving simply because i had that um, extra privilege that, that is very unfair like say for example um, i had an opportunity while back to be accepted into this one program pretty much immediately because I knew the people there or I, I was asked like oh if you apply through a certain person then you're automatically part of it but I, I knew that there were so many other people uh, who are deserving wanted to apply for it and I couldn't sit I, I, I knew even though it would be nice on my resume and would be definitely a good program to be involved in but at the same time like, i knew i wouldn't be able to sleep peacefully at night knowing that um, i could have potentially taken that one spot from someone who is far more um let's say deserving far more um, rightful to get that spot so i decided to you know, um, i told that person up front um, as much as I appreciate the offer of doing the shortcut, you know, um, I don't think I'm comfortable with um, applying to this like backdoor style of application. So I'll just apply like the normal way, like how every other person is applying. We give a more equal and fair fighting chance. And, and, and the person is like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, I respect your way, so okay, now. And I applied it and I didn't get into the program actually. And although I, I was a bit disappointed, um, but I wasn't disappointed at the, um, I wasn't disappointed at myself. I was just disappointed that, oh, okay, when the application didn't get through, I'm not involved in this program, okay. Um, I wasn't disappointed at myself because I think the, the, if I were to get accepted using the first round, I'd be even more disappointed than knowing that, oh, I applied this, but I had like some crutches or I had an upper hand. So is this am I actually deserving this program? You know? Even though you say something is you want to do it in a morally right way, sometimes what your perception on right is may not be like the common consensus or may not be as right as you thought you were. Uh, because uh, sometimes following your own moral compass, because we are human and therefore we are always subject to change, following your moral compass um, can 
doesn't mean that it's going in the best direction at all times. Obviously, it's good to have that guidance there. And I'm very fortunate to have that guidance somewhat. Like, okay, sometimes that judgment you have to assess and take back. Is it actually that morally correct? Is it morally correct for me, but not so much for others? Especially for others who are affected by this, number one. And also number two, um, when you're trying to base your judgment, obviously there's a lot of logic and reasoning involved, but a lot of the drive is from your moral compass. Um, you have to be really careful not to um, develop that mentality of thinking that you're better than people um, because um, having that, that thought of, oh, you know, I'm always, I always know what to do. I always know what is right. You know, it, it can be, uh, it can turn um, controlling and problematic if you don't keep it in check. You need to have people questioning you on that so they can really assess and really grow because the ultimate goal is also to, to grow as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's all the time we have for now. I would, <laughs> would love to have you soon uh, again because I feel like there's so oh, much yeah. more that we can discuss. Yeah. So uh, on that note, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're a busy person and, you know, time oh, like this. No, I mean, but like time like this is few and far between. So thank you so much for making the time. Man, I, I really like um, just chat, you know, to, to share a little bit of what I believe in and whatnot. No worries, no worries. Um, so for our listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and don't forget to follow for more content like this. Uh, just wrapping up, I am your host, Davina, and you just listened to Schooling the Podcast. Thank you.